It's nighttime on the internet. A bus driver, I am a truck driver. An assassin registers final draft. An owl drops its zoom in the toilet. It's time for the Pod F Tompcast. Welcome to the Pod F Tomcast, an audiophonic collection of comedy-type ramblings and bitlets offered freely to a trusting, uncynical public, presided over by your master of ceremonies, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. The Pod F. Tomcast, episode three. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome both ladies and gentlemen. The two sets of people. Welcome to this edition of the Pod F. Tompcast. It's nice to have you here. Wherever you are. So far, so good, right? I don't mean this particular episode. (laughs) Too soon to judge. I meant just in general. Not not the history of civilization. That's too broad. Let's narrow it down to just the timeline of this podcast, shall we? So far, so good. Welcome back, old people. Welcome, initially, new people. More awkward than usual, or just about par for the course. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another uh, another fun episode for you. It is nighttime on the internet, and that's when things like the Pod F Tompcast happen. We have uh, another call from our. Not from, I make the call. Just realize I'm doing all the work with these phone calls. Another call with my friend Jen Kirkman, where I am the one who dials the phone. Oh, boy, this women's lib. Now they don't even have to dial the phone anymore. It's all up to men. When do men get something? When do men get a break? Also, when's White History Month and the Straight Pride Parade? These are... hateful opinions. Anyway, my point being, we have another call with Jen Kirkman. We also have another live clip from the Paul F. Tompkins Show, my live variety show that I do in West Hollywood at Largo at the Coronet theater, the theater. Everyone's wearing their greasy paints and fancy flounces. Not saying the name of the Scottish play. Ah, Macbeth. Oh, I can say that all I want on a podcast. Macbeth, 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 Macbeth. Come and get me, theater ghosts. Hmm, you can't. You can't touch me in cyberspace, you fools. How dumb are ghosts? They didn't even... (laughs) They didn't see this coming at all. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going on the record as saying, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Or Huey Lewis's lawyers. Yeah, anyway, so, uh, we're gonna have that. I'll let you know where I'm gonna be. Special October edition of Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. This is the witching month, ladies and gentlemen. It's Halloween falls in this month. Hope everyone is busy buying their candy to give to their trick and treaters. That's right. They, ch <laughs> they changed it. Now it's trick and treat. You cannot get out of the trick. They'll trick you. They're pretty mild tricks for the most part. Like, uh, oh, you got something on your shirt. Oh! They flick your nose. Mild trick. Some of the tricks are... Well, they will, uh... They'll fake their own death and implicate you in their murder. That's a bit of a... That goes beyond just a trick, I think. That's a crime. I think that's a federal crime. Not just, not just local. <laughs> it's not like you could do that, you know, in Pennsylvania and get away with it. But if you go to Colorado, oh, it's a problem. Colorado, excuse me. Boy. Well, it's Pennsylvania. How do you like it? Colorado and Nevada? Pennsylvania. You're retroactively insensitive. Anyways. So we'll have that. And then... <laughs> we have another edition. The latest uh, installment in our ongoing series. The Great Undiscovered Project. It's part three. Who's talking to whom in this one? I can't wait to find out. I already know. Full disclosure, everybody. I already know everything that's going to happen in the podcast, except for these parts where I don't know what I'm going to say. But I know it will be rambly. So I kind of do know everything. I'm kind of like uh, Uatu the Watcher. From moldy old Marvel comics from when I was a kid. Uatu would stand on the moon. He was a weird extraterrestrial who would stand on our moon and uh, he would just watch things that happened. Forbidden to interfere. I guess. Or maybe he's just lazy. I can't remember the conceit of Uatu the Watcher. Maybe he could have interfered all he liked, but he was just a uh, big fat slob. <laughs> it's unfair to Uatu. It's more of his head is large, not the rest of him big giant head on a little body. Boy, oh boy, you guys, you gotta go Google Uatu the Watcher. That's U-A-T-U. -U. He looks like a weirdo. I can say that because he's not a person who's alive and has feelings. Weirdo! You're a weirdo, Uatu the Watcher! Ugh, I haven't felt this free since I was yelling Macbeth earlier. <laughs> so there you, there you go. That's what's in the, uh, what's in the podcast this time around. We begin with um, the next installment of The Great Undiscovered Project. This is part three. In 
And here it goes, I want to say... Now! In the recent past, a group of creative giants collaborated on an epic artistic endeavor. Shrouded in secrecy, the project was hidden away by the very geniuses that brought it to life. The Pod F Tomcast has obtained a series of phone calls, recorded by an unknown party, that tell the tale of this venture's initiation and subsequent abandonment. This is the story of The Great Undiscovered Project. Previously on The Great Undiscovered Project. Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber speaking to you. Andy, it's me, Ice-T. It's time we got together and made some art. I'll start making phoning calls. Hello? Is that the noted thespian, John C. Riley? Is Andrew Lloyd Webber asking me to be in a moving musical composed by him and starring Ice-T? Yes! Anytime I'm not talking, I am crunching on these metallic cake decorations. It's a real racket! Grizabella's whiskers, I must have you! Hooray! Line up a director you trust. Someone you know that can work around your confectionery proclivities. I know just who to call. Marshall residence. Who is this? Is this Gary? Gary Marshall, the director? Yeah, it is. And who are you? You're calling during the dinner hour. Gary, it's me, John C. Riley. John, what are you doing calling now? I'm just sitting down to dinner with my wife. Uh, I'm sorry, Gary. Uh, it's six o'clock in L.A. It's so... six o'clock in my house, John. I'm in L.A. My wife made a roast. Oh, so you're eating dinner and stuff? A roast, John. And it's getting cold. What do you want? I mean, this is hard to say. It just needs to be easy to listen to. You got something you want to talk about? Go ahead and talk and let me do the listening, and then you'll have said it and I'll have heard it. Okay, um, Gary, I am coming to you because I need help. I have an awesome opportunity to be in a big musical written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Ice T. The rap singer? Yeah, they're putting this thing together that I know would be great for me. Like, Maybe Oscar great? I came so close to Chicago, you know? No, of course. You were paper mache man. Uh, Mr. Cellophane. Did you call to talk about sandwich wrappers or what? No, no. Okay. Do you remember how I was going to be in Pretty Woman, but instead you fired me? Do I remember? Of course I remember. I'm still sick over it. You think I wanted Richard Gere? He did a good job. Nothing against the guy, but I wanted you and your crazy hair. Come on now, son. Are we just walking down memory lane here? <sighs> Come on, man. I'm easing into it. Okay, I'm sorry. God. All right, I'm shutting up. Go ahead with your dramatic thing you need to say. Thank you. I'm coming to you because I still have my little problem. What, the thing where you can't stop eating the cake decorations? The little metal balls? Hey, keep it down. Son. It's just me and my wife here, and I've been married for a hundred years. We ain't got secrets. Barbara, John Riley's still eating the little cake decorations. The what do you call them? Which? Dragees? Yeah, dragees, right. So look, John, let's cut to the chase. My roast is drying out. Okay. I feel very strongly that if you were to direct this movie, it could really turn my life around. I could kick Dragees once and for all, and we'd end up with a fantastic movie that everyone will love, both critics and unimportant people. John, 
I appreciate the thought, and I want to help, believe me. But this is a bad time. I'm getting out of directing to devote myself exclusively to proving the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. Really? I mean, I'm pretty sure they proved that was a hoax. You can't prove a negative, John. That thing is out there, in that lake. And I'm gonna get to the bottom of this once and for all. I don't know if she's a plesiosaur, or a sea serpent, or a giant swan with a skin condition. I'm gonna show the world that this thing is real, and that there's probably a bunch we don't even know about. Would you... I mean, maybe for every one you see, there's maybe a hundred you don't see. That's what we said about cockroaches when I was growing up in the Bronx. Uh-huh. Would you... Not at home we didn't say that. My mother kept a clean house. Okay, would you... It was just a fact of life in New York overall is what I meant. Okay, I get it. Man. Gary. Mr. Marshall. I respect your decision. But would you consider making just one more film? Just one film that could change at least one life? Oh, John, I already bought my plane ticket to Scotland and a pair of plaid pants. I'm ready to do this. One more movie, Gary, and then you're out. And you can devote the rest of your life to proving the Loch Ness Monster is real. What, the rest of my life? No way it's going to require that much time. I figure it'll take about a week tops. It's not that big a lake, John. Oh, well, then would you please do this movie first? Hold on a second. Okay, it's gonna cost me a hundred bucks to change the flight. You can pay me back after this movie is a smash hit at the box office and before it becomes a beloved classic and a staple of every American family's film library. What's it about again? There's no story yet. Eh, I've started with less. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, that is awesome. Thanks, Gary. And... You can help me with my little problem? Yeah, yeah, I know just the guy to talk to. Don't worry. You're gonna kick this thing, pal. Gary, you're saving my life, man. I know. If there's ever anything I can do for you... Actually, there is. You got any evidence that proves the existence of the Loch Ness Monster? Do I have any evidence? Yeah, like in your house or something. Well, no. Okay, it doesn't hurt to ask. Maybe this will take a week and a half now that I think of it. All right, son, I gotta eat my cold food. Talk to you soon. All right. Goodbye. Oh, what's gonna happen next with that weird world of strange people? Who knows? I do. That's right. I'm like Uatu the Watcher again. Seriously, did you look him up? You gotta go look him up. You won't be sorry. I mean, you're not going to be thrilled, probably, but you won't be sorry. Like, you won't have regret. That would be something if you did. Something is happening in your life. If looking at a Google image of some old comic book character is causing you regret. Are you okay? Are you okay out there? What can I do as a disembodied voice in your head? Anything? How about if I talk like this? Is this soothing to you? Does this make you feel okay? I kind of like it. I like how it makes my throat feel. This is about you, not me. It's a lot about me, though. It's my podcast. Now, folks, I've told you before that I do this show. The Paul F. Tompkins Show. What a clever name. 
Stupid idiot. I do the show, the Paul F. Tompkins show at Largo at the Coronet Theater in West Hollywood, California. And I know I've said it's a variety show, but I just want to elaborate on that a little bit. It's a modern variety show. It's not like everyone's walking around in leisure suits and stuff. It's like set in the present day. We're not trying to do any campy salute to old time with an E on the end. <laughs> show business. Time time has an E on the end no matter what. Something <laughs> like old time with a Y. Uh, who cares? Anyway, it's a variety show, so there's music, comedy. We have guests like, I don't know, everybody from Jack Black to John Hodgman, Caitlin Olson, Marilyn Ricecub, Super Ego from the Super Ego podcast. Weird Al Yankovic was on one time. Music people like Ted Leo, Fiona Apple, that happened. Andrew Bird, Amy Mann. Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. Robin Hitchcock, even? It's crazy. Crazy lineup of people. We do sketches. We do songs together. Sometimes we do stuff like this. This next thing coming up, which I'm not even going to bother describe to you. I'm not even going to bother describe to you? Oh, You stink present, Paul. Maybe you could do better past Paul the me on the recording I mean all right ladies and gentlemen I am very uh, I'm very proud to uh, to have this happen right now I don't know if that's really a term I should use this is going to happen right now <laughs> this past December uh, we had a Christmas version of our show, and uh, it was a charity show. All the proceeds went to charity. I auctioned off a bunch of CDs um, and uh, auctioned off a few other items. One of the things that I auctioned off was if someone paid $100, I would, make, I would get their phone number, and I would simulate a drunk dial from an ex-boyfriend. I would call up in character, I would uh, hopefully wake the person up. They would not know when this call was coming. I would remain in character the whole time. And the idea was, I was a, a drunk ex-boyfriend who was feeling a little remorseful and maybe, maybe trying to get back together with the person. It was open to men or women. Someone bought this call uh, for a young lady. I know they did it for someone else for this, uh, this young lady named Carolyn. Uh, was Carolyn is, are you here tonight, Carolyn? All right, Carolyn, here it comes. I called Carolyn last night <laughs> at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> took, it took three tries to get her to pick up the phone. And I, I started to get really excited. I was like, I, as many times as it takes, that's how many times I'm gonna call. And then, it was a really, this was the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life because my wife was out of town, I was all by myself in the house, and I was, I was performing comedy for one person that I had just woken out of a sound sleep. We chatted for about 10 minutes, 
I have, I have edited it down slightly, so you're gonna get the highlights of this call. And I will, I, will, I will present this to you right now. Robert, if you would please play this call. she actually admits that she was sleeping, which is very rare when you wake people up out of a sound sleep. She didn't, like, she didn't deny it, but she also didn't say, like, yeah, you woke me up. She was like, I was sleeping a little bit. <laughs> that was a nice compromise. That's right, please. Are you okay? Well, yeah, I'm good. No, I'm good, I'm good. I'm just hanging out. I'm just hanging out. I just got home from hanging out. And I was thinking about you. Was, Are you hanging out? What's that? Are you hanging out? I was. I was hanging out. We, cause we, come on, we had some good times. We had not every, you know, we had some good times. Some stuff was good, right? I'm not crazy, right? Were they? No, we had some good times. We had some good times, <laughs> right? <laughs> Listen. Do you know? Yeah. Look. I'm listening. Uh, okay. Thank you for validating what I'm asking about you listening. Look. Do you know uh, that the Dove chocolates that in their wrappers they have little inspirational messages. Just Dove, uh, Dove chocolate. Dove is a high-end chocolate. You know, it's okay. like, okay. this is like fancy chocolate. And they have inspirational okay. messages okay. um, that regular people send in. And I carry them around in my wallet. And sometimes when I think of you, I unfold the foil and I read them. And I you want to pause one second, pause one second. Carolyn, do you remember any of this happening? Is it, is it familiar to you at all? A little bit? Okay. A little bit. Sure. Everything's a little bit with you. Alright, please. I'm gonna read them to you. It's three of them that, that mean a lot. Three? This is well, not the fing Gettysburg address. Back it up, we can back it up. Back it up a little. I am around in my wallet. And sometimes when I think of you, I unfold the foil and I read them. And I wanna I wanna read them to you. It's three of them that, that mean a lot. Three? It's a, well, look, it's not the fucking Gettysburg Address. It's like two lines on a foil wrapper. Ooh. Right. Hey. I'm sorry. Drink it, Sappy. You woke me up. I had, I know. I had a couple drinks, okay? I'll full disclosure. What'd you have? Full disclosure. What'd you have? I had just a couple beers and just a couple shots and a split of champagne. <laughs> And, and a little what? A split of champagne. <laughs> and, and, uh, and a little bit of absinthe.
absinthe that was just in the house. This one is from Linda in New York, New York. She says, in life's winter, find your invincible summer, right? And I feel like, sometimes I think like, you are my invincible summer in the winter of life because cause you're you because you're very sunny right and also complain about humidity then there's this other one here it says this is from it's kind of ripped i think it's from sherry in conway arkansas listen this lady from arkansas she says I, she says, it's like a, she's, it's a second person. She's talking to the reader. Live for okay. your... Okay, you got it. Our, yeah, I got it. Okay, don't make fun of me. It says, live from your heart. It will never steer you wrong. It makes so much sense, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it, oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. Live from your heart. It will never steer you wrong. You busted for one second. This is like I am listening to another person. This is this is so weird. I barely remember doing this. This is last night. Alright. I I might have been drunk. I might have been drunk. Sherry in Conway, Arkansas, or Arizona. This last one, and this is this is the one, and I feel like this one applies to right now because I feel like we're having a great conversation this is from it's pretty amazing right that we are reconnecting this one is from Margaret in Maplewood New Jersey and she sound like Casey Kasem what's that you sound like Casey Kasem you said you sound like Casey Kasem I'm not making fun of you you know that I'm sensitive about out. that because one time your brother said I sounded like Shaggy. And I thought, I thought he meant the, the, the music dude, but he meant the cartoon. Sorry. This is Margaret in Maplewood, New Jersey. And she says, and it's, so, and it's so simple, and it's so simple, but it's like, this is everything, right? Moments, okay. moments like these need to be savored. And like the, the part that gets me is that they need to be savored. Like you can, you, it's not enough to want to savor them. They need to be savored. Look, I know I'm not the greatest guy in the world. I know that I made some mistakes and I could have treated you better and I probably should not have taken money out of your purse so many times. And I probably shouldn't have told you about it and laughed about it and then said that it didn't happen. And now I probably should not admit to you that it did happen after I made you think that you were crazy. But look, I think that we, we, we had something together that was good sometimes that other people were jealous of and that they thought was very cinematic and i just very what cinematic like from a movie oh okay like from okay. cinema cinematic is like cinema is that what that is which means the movies and where are you i'm at home now 
but I was out at several bars. And I think I might have taken some Oxycontin. Did you take mine? I don't know. Isn't it, did you leave some ah. content in an Altoids box? Did you take anything other than that? I took this one thing that it was, uh, it looked really, really medicinal. Really, really small? It was pretty small, and now my, my fingers feel like they're invisible. Like, when I look at them, I see them, but they feel like they're invisible, you know what I'm saying? Uh, All right, I feel like you're mad at me, so I will... I'm not. No, I'll see you around, okay? I just want to... I was just thinking of you, and I was just saying hi. You what? Sorry, I lost that. I was just thinking of you, and I was just saying hi. Oh, that's it? Also, I love you. Wait, <laughs> very end was and also I love you and then I hung up <laughs> Carolyn thank you so much Merry Christmas there we go alright ooh that's right a couple beeps on there a couple a little little salty language you know why I was in character so deep in that character of that dude crawling around inside his head. Now, of course, I, in my life, I don't swear at all. I use only the Queen's English, sometimes the King's. Both are available to us. I'm going to start using the President's English. Tell people to look a lot. Look. Everybody does that now, since our president started doing that. Look. Look. Because you can't say listen. Listen! <laughs> then it's like you're the divorced dad. Not the divorced dad. You're the new boyfriend of the divorced mom. You tried so hard to get along with those kids, right? But they know that you're not their real dad. They disrespect you at every turn. Try to play it nice for a while. They roll their eyes at you. <laughs> and finally you've had it. You feel like, you know what? I'm in good with this lady. We're married now. I can treat these kids however I want. Listen! These are the rules under my roof. Here's what you don't know, dumb new dad. Even if you were the regular dad, that's how they were going to treat you. Stop taking it so personally. They're teenagers. Boy, am I mad at this guy I just made up. Oh, I wish he was real so I could punch him in the mouth. Thank God he's not, because I'm terrified of physical confrontations. You get enough easy this time, imaginary new dad of divorced mom. But oh boy, if you ever are brought to life somehow <laughs> by, I don't know, an electrical storm, you're getting a punch in the mouth. It's going to be the first thing that happens to you. I'm assuming I'll be there. I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to cause this to happen. Gotta watch my step around electricity. Still don't really have a firm grip on electricity and what it does. I know it makes the TV go so I can watch my stories. And I know it hates kites and keys. 
right. The mortal enemy of electricity. The key kite! The kite key. Kite key's better. Well, folks, it is time to check in with our friend, the comedian Jen Kirkman, my old pal. We're going to talk about this and that. And not really solve anything. <laughs> She's going to shoot the breeze. Isn't it nice to talk with friends? Isn't that a nice thing? It's better than not talking with friends. Having friends and being forbidden to speak with one another. <laughs> I think that's how they do it in China, right? Oh, that's what I've heard. In China, they're not allowed to talk to each other if they're friends. I think you can hang around with each other, but you can't actually speak to each other. Maybe you can write notes. They're all written in China. I wish the Chinese people were allowed to hear this, because they could tell me. But their government forbids it. So to all my Chinese listeners, I'd like to say, you cannot hear me. Probably didn't need to be said. Anyway. Here's me and Jen Kirkman. This is what we sound like. Together. Plink. Southie, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm I'm good. Thank you for asking. You didn't have to. I feel punchy. You feel what? I feel a little punchy. Did you have a long day? No, I, there's no reason. Like, there's no clinical reason. I'm just feeling punchy. I'm really going to need a clinician to weigh in on this. Would you please <laughs> consult someone? There must... <laughs> Southie, there must be a clinical reason you feel punchy. I just don't want to talk about it. I've <laughs> asked and answered. Moving on. Um, now, when you were... New? What? Well, we're not going to talk about what's new. We're going to talk about what's old. Oh, sorry. We're going to go back in time. We're getting the old Wayback Machine. Were you a good kid when you were a kid? I was a really good kid. Like, I was a really good teenager. Like, I was in the theater, and I took ballet and piano lessons after school. And I was really busy all the time. And I hung out with the um, the boys that liked to skateboard and the girls that liked to hang out and watch boys who skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of the uh, very similar to Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Like, that just that kind of crowd that looked like the stoners, but we really didn't do any drugs or drink at all. Right. Your artistic pursuits, were these all your idea or were, were, were you made to take piano and ballet? Um, no, I wanted to take dance when I was little. I introduced the concept, but my mom had always been very encouraging of that stuff. Like she took me to the theater when I was a little kid and we watched, all kinds of, you know, musicals on TV. She did make me take piano, but I ended up enjoying it. See, so, I, yeah, I mean, it wasn't car. Thank God. Oh. Anytime I tried guitar or anything like that, boy, I just got so frustrated because I, I wanted to be playing a song already, and the figuring out the stuff did not interest me whatsoever. You would look so weird holding a guitar. But I, I always have these fantasies 
like you know a sort of three wishes scenario where I think I wish I could just play an instrument. Like I well, like all of a sudden I could just play it and I would bust it out in front of people that I knew, you know, like Groundhog Day, you know, where <laughs> to anybody oh, else it's like I didn't I didn't know you could play the piano. Except I don't want to have to live that same day over and over again. And neither would the people in it. Like, oh, great. I get to relive the dinner party where Paul busted out the guitar. Hey, you know what? Hold on a second. What if it's good? Why would it be so bad automatically? No, it wouldn't be bad, but it's annoying to be like you're having dinner with your friends, you're chatting, and then someone brings out a guitar and it just changes the mood. I hate that. Hold on a second. Why do you think that at a dinner party I'm going to bring out this guitar? I would do it at an appropriate time. What appropriate time would there be except you're in a band and you're charging tickets? Haven't you ever been at a gathering like 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 a late night kind of thing where somebody, you know, people are just having like like drinks on the patio or something, you know? Oh god. And someone brings out a guitar? <laughs> well, look, I travel with a very artistic group. So <laughs> Gypsies. Maybe. Yeah, a lot of gypsies. I mean, it just sounds awful to me, but sure. I'd have to be there. I just can't picture you on stage holding an electric guitar. <laughs> oh, I was also in a band in high school. That that I got in a lot of trouble for. But um but I got in trouble for being in it because we practiced in a boy's basement. And then I started dating that boy and then it was just like you can't be going to a basement, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Like, all the boys I hung out with, again, they, like, one of them, this guy Rod, was the town vandal. And he climbed the high school and put a Christmas tree on the roof and lit it with lights. So all year round, there was a blinking, lit Christmas tree on the roof of our high school that nobody could figure out how to get down. What? And, like, that was my on-and-off boyfriend all through high school. And he wore, like, big black combat boots and always had, like, stained hands and, like, spray-painting stuff all over town and... He was that kid, you know, and he, yeah. like, broke into the school and just turned all the chairs upside down one time. Like, stupid stuff. <laughs> really? But, nobody could figure out I, how to get that Christmas tree down? Honestly, for, like, six months, and eventually the lights burned out. But, yeah, no, the tree was on the roof for a very long time until it was, like, orange and rotten wow. and dried out. It was really high. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on the roof. I mean, it was a really high roof. <laughs> How did the people who built the place get down? <laughs> I don't think there were any were with us any longer at that point. But yeah, so that guy that I, you know, was on again, off again with, the reason we were always off again is he was like, I can't have a girlfriend that I can never see because I wasn't allowed to hang out with him. Hey, so that's I'd a have good to point. go out with, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to go out with girlfriends. And then he'd have to come along, and then like I'd have to pretend he wasn't there when I got home. And but but he used to. Uh, my dad was a golf course superintendent, and so Rod would sneak on the golf course at night to do his vandalism or just wander around. And my dad would always catch him. So it was like. <laughs> so while the, while Rod was making his nightly vandalism rounds, <laughs> your dad. I was in my room, listen, you know, writing in my diary about him, and my dad was on the golf course screaming at him. So that relationship wasn't going to last. <laughs> But I swear to God, I never drank, and I smoked cigarettes, but I was the only one that did. None of my friends influenced me to smoke. I smoked alone right. because I wanted to, because our sociology teacher had showed a James Dean movie um, 
And I started smoking right after that, like literally because James Dean did. It couldn't be more clinical. Clinical. That word has come up twice. It couldn't, yeah, I mean, it was like, <laughs> I literally thought I would be cool. And that was the beginning of your, your smoking career? Yeah. Now, yeah, and I should say, you don't smoke anymore. No, and you don't either. No, I do not. As far as I know. No, well, I I stopped in two thousand six and have not had a a so much as a drag of a cigarette since then. That's so crazy. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. <gasps> and oh, it, and it, I guess you were older than me when you quit. I was, yes, 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 yes. I I started at uh, seventeen and I quit in my late thirties. Oh man. What a dumb, You're not getting away with that one. It's a dumb waste of time. Oh, no, I still feel like I haven't gotten all my breath back, you know. No, it'll come back to me. Oh, good. <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> I'm glad. So I definitely understand what you're saying. Okay, good. <laughs> Did you ever get in any, any bad kind of scrapes when you were a kid? Yeah, the, okay, the one thing I did... I'd mentioned I was sort of on and off dating that town rebel named Rod. Rod. He introduced me to Monty Python, and we would watch the Ramones Rock and Roll High School together, and Mm -hmm. he would do funny things like write out all the lyrics to Sweet Home Alabama on a huge piece of poster board and hang it in the cafeteria. And for some reason, weird things like that would enrage the principal, but he didn't really do anything wrong. (laughs) It was just, like, weird, you know? He took a bunch of plastic forks and wrote Fork You on the football field. It's like a protest to, like, jocks and stuff. And again, like, it wasn't a swear word. Right. How, how many plastic forks would you say? There must have been thousands. Oh. Thousands. <laughs> that is awesome. One Saturday night, I went with my girlfriend, Shauna and Sarah. Sarah was driving. We, I really don't know what we were doing. We were just going to drive around and see what happened. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I told my parents we were doing something very specific, like we're going to a movie and then going bowling or something like that. <laughs> and Sarah brought a bottle of wine. And, again, I didn't drink. She just put it in the back trunk of the car. Um, even if they opened it, I wouldn't have had any. And I wouldn't have let her drive drunk either. Like, nothing bad was going to happen. Right. So we're driving around, and we see Rod crossing the street. And Shauna is, like, giggling, Rod, get in the car. Jen's here. So she jumps in the car with us. And we're driving around like goofballs, mm-hmm. and Sarah gets in a head-on collision in the center of town. Ugh. And now here we are, underage kids with wine in the car. Rod was getting arrested a lot at this point mm-hmm. for, like, weird vandalism and stuff like that. And my dad has a police scanner, or had one, and he was listening to it, and he heard that there was an accident in the center of town, and he said he just knew it was me. <laughs> <laughs> he just knew it was you. He just said he knew it was me. And so he drove to the center of town, like, within minutes. I knew somehow my parents were, like, Shauna and Sarah had the type of parents where they never would have known about this accident unless their kids told them. I knew that within five minutes of the crash, my parents will know about this on their own. I knew he had the scanner, and he was friends with all the cops. So even if he didn't hear it on the scanner, I knew that the cop coming was going to be someone I knew. Right. So I see Rod jump out of the car. Sarah's screaming, there's wine, there's wine. My friend Shauna had gone almost through the windshield. Her face was bloody. Mm -hmm. 
Rod jumped out of the car, jumped out, grabbed the wine out of the trunk. And you hear like, whoop, whoop, cop car sees this kid with a bottle of wine. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I run out of the car, and I don't know how, but no one saw me. And I stood on the street corner, and I'm literally like a bad extra in a play going, did you guys see this accident? Like, i <laughs> pretending I wasn't in it. <laughs> Is anyone hurt? Oh, so my dad, of course, I see the Oldsmobile pull up. I see my dad. I'm still trying to pretend like I am on the corner and wasn't with them. It was a mess. And now, then, are your, now, are your you friends, know. are they letting you pretend this? Like, are they going along with your, or, or are you trying to sort of uh, do this unobtrusively so they won't really notice that's what you're doing? Well, I'm already on the corner. And at this point, what I'm seeing is rods and handcuffs. Sean is being pulled out on a stretcher, and Sarah is talking to the policeman and, and the other person in the accident. So stuff is happening fast. Yes, and everyone else has stuff to do except me because I'm not injured or being arrested or the driver of the car. So I'm scot-free at this point. Right. So I never had any legal problems or anything or whatever. I don't know if anyone did. but So then, uh, yeah, basically um, my dad drove me home, and he was like, I know you're in that car and you're in big trouble. I told him everything I just told you. Like, I swear to God, Rod wasn't really there. I swear to God, I didn't know, but, like, we weren't going to drink the wine. Like, why would he believe that? But it was true. <laughs> and then I got in big trouble with my friends. Like, their moms were really disappointed in me that that I was so afraid of my parents that I sold them out and ran across the street. Like, they were like, they could have died. Like, they were in the hospital with stitches in their head from the... My friend saw a scar on her forehead, and she was really mm. mad at me because... I didn't, like, go to the hospital with her or try to... I, I did not think of them at all. I was so afraid of getting in trouble that yeah. it was like, I'm not even thinking about if they're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it was, I turned out really well, though. I think you did. I think I think I think you turn out to be a nice person. You're a nice, decent person. Thanks, you too. Oh, Southie, I'm glad you don't smoke anymore. Me too. I'm glad you don't either. Even though I don't know if you quit in time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, dis- despite that, it is always a joy to talk to you. It's a joy to talk to you too, and not hear you coughing. Right, it's a big difference. Um, well, what can I say? But pork chop, say bye. Pork chop, say bye, buddy. <laughs> Talk to you next time. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Ah, Jen. We have a good time together. That's what friendship is all about. That's really it. So if you have a friend you're not having a good time with, you got to get out of that relationship. If you have a friend who's just not having a good time on their own, ditch him. Lose that friend. You got diagnosed with what? Mm. Maybe you didn't hear that podcast that I heard that said friendship was all about having a good time together. Now, how do we make your illness fun for both of us? Until you come up with an answer... Let's put our friendship on hold. Let's put a pin in this friendship. 
You can't do that, folks. Friendships are like balloons. They are allergic to pins. I wish someone would put that on a plaque. And then put it on the space shuttle. Because I like to see that saying in space. Has any balloon ever made it to space? I know they go up pretty high. I don't know. What's going to happen if one does? Is the other balloon's going to have a parade for it? Come on. Come on, everybody. Use your heads. Balloons can't organize parades. Can they? What can balloons organize? Like, at, at best, how much are balloons going to get done? Some of them are effective at knocking out power lines. <laughs> Those Mylar balloons, boy oh boy. Folks, I'm worried about these balloons. They're adapting. They're trying to shut down our grid. Hmm, this is a good idea for a movie. Listen, you guys, please don't steal my idea for intelligent balloons that rebel against humanity. All right? I'm going to mail this podcast to myself so that it is copywritten. Balloons just fly all over the place. <laughs> kind of like me with my stand-up comedy career. Ugh, that was a gross segue, but it was pretty organic, so uh, I'll allow it. That's right, folks. I travel around doing stand-up comedy. If you would like to see me do stand-up comedy in your town, and you're on Facebook, you start a group. Start a group or a page on Facebook says, I want to see Paul F. Tompkins in, fill in the name of your town, type it in. Don't write on your computer screen. And when that group gets to 300 people, then I go do comedy in your town. I book a, I book a gig there. Gig, showbiz term. Show, means show. So I've been doing them all over the place. Where have I been doing them? You're about to find out. Well, you're going to find out where I'm going to do them. You're not going to find out where I have been doing them. Unless you're listening to this podcast in the future. After these dates have already happened. All of these are for 2010. So if you're listening to these uh, in any other year, the dates do not apply. Sorry, future and past generations. Any people who have traveled here from the past to the future. What? Wait a minute. Why would the time travelers think that these dates... Look, I gotta go work this out. I gotta get a dry erase board. <laughs> Figure out what the hell I'm talking about. In the meantime, if you're wondering if Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town, guess what? Paul F. Tompkins comes to your town. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just thinking of something funny. That's right. Paul F. Tompkins does come to your town. Perhaps he's already there? Saturday, October 2nd, Republic in New Orleans. Even though this podcast dropped October 1st, I can guarantee you there are still tickets available. New Orleans is scarily lackadaisical about advanced ticket sales. Saturday, October 9th, 
the Brattle Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. This show is sold out. <laughs> sorry, sold out. No more tickets, sorry. Saturday, October 16th, Largo at the Coronet in West Hollywood, California. The Paul F. Tompkins Show. Ooh, with special guests, Janine Garofalo. She's scarily political. From Comedy Death Ray Radio, Seth Morris as Bob Duca, a man playing a character wearing a false face. Drama. Special musical guest, Mike Doty. Not spelled like the garment that Gandhi wore. Gandhi standing up to oppression. Oppression is scary. Sunday, October 17th, I go to another country, Canada. I'll be appearing at the Rivoli in Toronto. Can you get tickets for this show? No, it is sold out. Sold out, so, sorry. Sold out show, sorry. Thursday, October 21st, back to Louisiana to appear at Boudreaux and Thibodeau in Baton Rouge. Advanced ticket sales are not good. Will this show be canceled? Probably. Probably will. Like, tickets are in the 20s. That's not good. That's not good. Come on. Friday, October 22nd. The Elbow Room in San Francisco. This show is sold out. <laughs> Why am I telling you about the sold out shows if you can't go to them? Seems like it's just bragging at that point. Perhaps I have a frightening mental disorder. I boast to hide an insecurity. The human brain, terrifying. Sunday, October 24th, Eben Schletter's Witching Hour, legitimately scary sounding, at the Steve Allen Theater in Los Angeles. The theater named after Steve Allen, but, 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 he's dead! He is, he passed, he passed several years ago, where thoughts and prayers are with Steve Allen's family. Not prayers, because he was an atheist, so just thoughts. Thursday, October 28th, I will be appearing with the stars of Mystery Science Theater 3000 as part of Rift Tracks Live at the Belcourt Theater in Nashville, Tennessee. Getting to work with comedy heroes? Will it be disappointing? Probably not. They seem like nice guys by all accounts. Got that Midwestern thing, so. Looking forward to it. Well, that's all of my live dates for October, ladies and gentle ghouls. No, didn't. Uh, ghoul till then would have been. Oh, worse. Sorry. Ugh. This is why you don't see those local horror hosts on TV anymore. It wasn't good. Sleep well if you dare to try. You probably will try to sleep. Ugh. Boo! Trick or treat or whatever. Wow. That was like a movie. That you that you couldn't see. A movie you couldn't see. What do they call those? 
No, there is definitely a name for it. Movies you can't see. The, the actual technical term escapes me right now, but I know that somebody bothered to come up with a term for a movie that you can only hear and can't see. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Be quiet, everyone. Because that is, that is it, folks. That's the end of episode three of the Pod F Topcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, you know who did enjoy it recently? Um, someone who uh, mentioned the Pod F Topcast on another podcast, the Dave Hill Podcasting Incident. Is um, do you guys know the show This American Life? And uh, it's host Ira Glass. Well, Ira Glass appeared on the Dave Hill podcasting incident, and he had this to say about the Pod F Tompcast. There's a bunch of podcasts that I listen to now. I just heard the Paul F. The Pod F Tompcast. Wait, I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, Pod F Tompcast. I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, I thought that was really good. That guy's really funny. Yeah, he's great. Oh, what was that, Ira Glass? What did, what did you say? That guy's really funny. Oh yeah, that guy. That guy is me. That guy's really funny. Paul F. Tompkins is very funny. That guy's really funny. That's what Ira Glass is saying. When he says... That guy's really funny. He's, made, he, he's saying Paul F. Tompkins is very funny. That guy's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Oh, thanks, Dave. Means a little less when you say it. You're not Ira Glass. That guy's really funny. Yeah. So do what Ira Glass does, ladies and gentlemen. Put on some glasses. <laughs> Put on some glasses and host a show. And say that the Pod of Tomcast is very funny. And don't take a bunch of false starts at the name like, like some people did in the clip I just played. Why did I bother with the some people? Clearly it was Ira Glass. I just said it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pod F Tompcast is produced by Eben Schletter and myself, with sound design and music by Mr. Schletter. For more information on Eben Schletter, ask your teacher or a policeman. I got some more information for you right now. He's got a new record coming out. In addition to Eben Schletter's Witching Hour, which came out last year, on which I sing a song. He's got a new one coming out. That's available in all the usual places. Your iTunes and such like. If I may if I may quote Miss South Carolina. It's called Tales of the Frightened. It's available now at iTunes. Soon at other outlets, I am told. It's a, it's a pretty wild thing. It's uh these spooky stories by this guy, Michael Avalone, told by another guy named Vernon Wells, and scored by a third guy, Eben Schletter. It is moody. It is atmospheric. It's a little unsettling at times. Check it out, though. Listen to it. Pretend it's one of those movies that you can't see. It's probably more like that what I was talking about before. But that is the great Evan Schletter's new record. And he is great. And I don't just mean like quality-wise. I mean he is a big person. 
Do you know how many cubits tall he is? Bible people will know when I say this guy is 40 cubits high, you know he's like not something that you want to mess with. Unless you go with a slingshot. In which case, he's my friend and everything, but... Maybe does need to be taken down by a slingshot dude. Uh, I leave that up to you guys. He's my, he's my friend. He's my friend. But slingshot people, you do what you gotta do. Our announcer is Damon Crawl, and the sleepy voice of the internet is Anna. I would like to thank my wife Janie for making it legal <laughs> with me. I mean medicinal marijuana. <laughs> she is the one who made that movement happen, folks. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that. It was my wife. I know that some sticklers out there are going to say the movement even predates my wife's birth, but um, I don't want to hear it from you. That's my rebuttal of your claims. That it's impossible that my wife was responsible for that movement. I don't want to hear it from you. Sorry to shut you down so effectively. But that's what I do. That's why they call me the Equalizer. I'm sorry. They do not call me the Equalizer. They do. People do call me Edward Woodward, the actor who played the Equalizer. I don't think we look alike. And he's dead. But it happens more than you'd think. Especially since you haven't been thinking about it. For more information on me, you may visit my website. You may. I allow you to do it. PaulFTompkins.com I'm also on Facebook. I'm still on MySpace, although I do not check it. But go take a look there. See what happens. <laughs> also, my friend Neil uh, invited me to, to rejoin Friendster, and I did. <laughs> it's weird. Boy, check it out. It's been a while. Go check out Friendster. It's weird. It makes you feel lonely. It makes you feel like it's... It's a Sunday afternoon and you are 12 years old and you have to go back to school tomorrow and you're dreading it because somebody's picking on you and you haven't done your homework and it's rainy and gray and there's football on TV. The only thing to watch on TV is football and religious programming. That's what it's like to visit the Friendster homepage. You can also follow me on Twitter at P.F. Tompkins. And if you want me to come to your town, join the Tompkins 300, ladies and gentlemen. I hope to see you soon. Oh, you know what? Leave a review on iTunes. Definitely, you want to join that elite fraternity. Leave a review on iTunes. Because it, uh, it helps get the podcast out there. If you're enjoying the pod, the pod F Tomcast, oh, I almost pulled an Ira Glass. If you're enjoying the pod F Tomcast, then please do leave a review. Give it some stars. And just say something like, I don't know. Yeah, he's great. That ought to do it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Ira. Yeah. That's my impression of you, Dave. I don't even know what I'm angry at anymore. 
that's it, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy the good things in life. The smile of a child. The sunshine on your shoulders. The look and feel of an Italian sportsmobile. <laughs> what? And I hope you'll be back next month. Because I'll be here. In this weird, cold, dark void that is nighttime on the internet. Good night, everybody. I'll see you soon. Because I watch all of you through the eyes of little birds. Good night. Yeah, he's great. <laughs>